We are here today on the Successful Fashion Freelancer podcast with a strategy session with one of my freelance accelerator students, Anna. And if you are feeling like you are struggling with some confidence in your freelance journey, then my conversation and session with Anna is going to help you out so much. Anna is a little bit newer to the industry. She's got a couple years experience and she basically started freelancing right out of school and then the pandemic hit and you know things got a little bit crazy. She's now very strategically in the process of building and growing her freelance career. She's landed a couple projects and they unfortunately did not turn into ongoing clients and bigger projects as she had hoped. Now, Anna is, or has been as of now, exclusively working with small independent startups and a lot of her work has come from Upwork. And so we talk through you know, different ways that Anna might filter the clients a little bit better so that she starts attracting the right kind of client to her freelance business. Um, We really dug into the entire process of like, how did the project go? How did you handle this? She had forwarded me some email communication that she had with the brands. I was trying to figure out, and, and Anna was trying to figure out if there was things that she had done wrong during the communication process, during the pitching process, during the, the, just during the entire project that, that was there something she had done wrong that was a reason it did not turn into an ongoing project or a bigger project. And what we really boiled it down to is that she hadn't actually done anything wrong. She had just gotten two projects in a row from two startup brands who kind of sound like they're just out there to, you know, dip their toe in the water and test out a few freelancers. They don't have a lot of budget and they're just trying to get like the most bang for their buck. Now, there are a lot of brands out there like that. Um, and, and for some people, that might be a great project. For Anna, that was not the type of project that she was looking for. She was looking for someone who, you know, would start off with a mini project or a trial project and then would turn into a bigger project and possibly even ongoing work. And, and those two projects did not. And so Anna started losing a lot of her confidence of, gosh, do I know what I'm doing? Am I really even a good designer? So we dug through all that. She's not doing anything wrong. Um, We talk about some of the processes that she's going through in her pitching and in her correspondence and in her follow-up and how she's managing the projects um, and how she's pricing the projects. And we talk about some things that maybe she can do differently to start attracting different brands and or start filtering out these brands that are just there to do a small project and then ghost. So It's not always a perfect science, but Anna's going through a lot of trial and error right now in her freelance career, and she is learning so much. And so if you feel like you are in a spot where you are maybe still trying to get your first couple clients, or you're scared of getting those clients that might, um, you know, give you a small project and then ghost, or maybe you've experienced that firsthand, Listen in on this strategy session so you can hear what Anna's going through and what my advice and tips and insights are for her. I think they're going to be very applicable for you. Um, Like I said, especially if you have been maybe interacting with some of these clients um, who I think often sometimes come from Upwork. They can come from anywhere. Um, Now, there are really great opportunities in Upwork. A lot of our freelance accelerator students find those great opportunities and are seeing great success there. But there are also those brands that... Um, you know, there's brands everywhere that just want something for a low price and they're going to walk away. Um, so again, we talk through ways she can 
filter those brands out to start only attracting the better brands. So um, I think you're really going to love this strategy session. If you are in the process of growing or kickstarting your freelance career in the fashion industry, I have so many free resources for you that I would love to share. You can check those out by heading over to soheidi.com slash freelance. We will link that in the show notes. And when you sign up there, we will send you all of our free resources. It also will get you on the email list, which will let you know when our freelance accelerator program opens. Fast is only open a couple times a year. And if you want step-by-step all the guidance to kickstart or grow your freelance career so you can have some freedom and flexibility in your life and choose projects that you love and all the business templates and all the things that you know you might be feeling really unsure about contracts and negotiating and proposals and pitching um, we have all of that inside of fast you also get the opportunity to jump on a live one-on-one strategy session with me like you hear um, with anna today and so yeah go on over to sohaycom slash freelance and grab all of the free resources we'll keep you updated with everything that's going on inside the business. We hold um, you know, free training events multiple times a year as well, and we'll send you invites to those. And also let you know when Fast opens if it's something that would be a good match for you and your freelance career. So that being said, let's jump into the conversation with Anna. Here we go. Um, all right, so Anna, tell me a little bit I know from your strategy session application, you the, the big picture seems like you're you're getting an initial project with a client and you're doing what you're calling like the minimum project. Maybe it's like a trial project or just something small yeah. to get started to see if you guys are feeling like you're a good fit for each other. And then you feel like you're having um, you're losing some momentum there and, and you're not getting the client on for like a second or third or ongoing project. So tell me a little bit about exactly what's going on and what is kind of happening. Yeah, so that's kind of right. I had I had made a typical freelancer mistake beforehand, and I just had a one client that I worked for full time, mm. and then that client ended up firing me before promising me like a full time role. And since then, I changed it all around. I got on your course, and I was like, okay, I need to do this right. So obviously, as a freelancer, I need to have multiple clients, and that's um, kind of what I've been working towards. People have been getting in touch with me through DMs on Instagram or through Upwork. And they kind of see my portfolio, I have a website where I kind of com- combine everything in design, you know, tech packs, CADs, and I offer additional uh, kind of support with sourcing and uh, communication with manufacturers if they need, or, you know, my expertise in this area. Because a lot of times I work with entrepreneurs and startups who have no idea how anything runs in fashion. Mm-hmm. So... And therefore, I go to the point where they want to do a quick mini project. And I'm always open for that as well as you teach. That's a very good way to, you know, dive into it. And then I charge them like a minimum fee, like £200, to 50 So it just covers my time. And I do offer a little, I ask them to provide the inspirations and mood boards. So I kind of combine them together so they make sense for them, you know, colorways, you know, if they're looking in a lot of knit or jersey, so I can advise them where I see their brand direction going to. And then I do two design developments, so it's very, very minimal, just to give them an insight that I can do CADs, I can follow their directions, and I can give them, sometimes I do additional little bit, like, do a color palette for them or do a bit, you know, kind of little extra thing mm-hmm. to make sure they're happy with it. And usually the feedback is very good from the projects and everyone's happy and kind of ready to work and start. And then we start talking like the pricing and how much would that cost. And as I'm, I would say, green to freelancing, I try 
and go by hourly, but sometimes people want to go by a project, like a massive chunk of project, and then I give them approximate kind of needs, and I try and get as much as details out from them to understand, you know, where they stand within their budget, and can they afford that, and how they could scale it down if that seems too expensive. And then it somehow kind of somehow seems to disappear to people when they hear the prices. Yeah. But I don't think that's too expensive. If we talk about my hourly rate, I charge £28 per an hour. I think that's pretty affordable. Very reasonable, yeah. Especially, yeah, like because I do have experience, but, you know, I'm not like a super extremely, you know, I don't have 10 years under my belt. I have only two years. Okay. And then, you know, for a big project to, like, launch a T-shirt – including like trend research and reports and everything that'll be somewhere from two to three thousand okay. something more complicated would be you know like a full collection right. approximately if i give someone a price would be six thousand to seven thousand pounds okay. including like tech packs research you know if there's like additional you know lacing with factories and stuff like that i offer that hourly because i don't know how much that would take of my time right. but yeah that's kind of how i structure it and so how many brands has this happened with where you do the sort of minimum project, which is, let's say, two, 250 pounds, and then you, you know, they're happy, and then you just kind of feel like you get ghosted? So I would say two brands I did a project for, and then there have been clients who don't get to the project, and they understand that they just can't afford to bring anyone on at the moment. Yeah. Even with me, like, being, you know offering kind of very minimal support they kind of like oh I thought it's going to be so much cheaper yeah and where have these clients come from uh so yeah a couple come from Upwork and a couple people just from as I said Instagram DMs and then I send them my email and we just talk more I ask them for their Pinterest boards and stuff so yeah okay so here's what my gut thinks I think um that they're not the right brands and that minimum project for 200 pounds is like selling them on something. Um, I think that's a very affordable price for them to get like their first thing done. And they're like, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I can do 200. And then when it jumps to like 3000 or 6,000, it's a little bit of like sticker shock and like, Oh, it's going to be that much. So I think that, um, what it sounds and and I don't know these are startups right small independent yeah. startups okay so my gut is while your price is very reasonable and I don't want you to lower it and I don't want you to adjust it um I think that it just so happens that you got stuck with a couple clients initially that the 200 pound price worked for them to like kickstart and they had that in their budget mm-hmm. And then it went to, you know, 28 pounds an hour, which again, very reasonable. Do not change that. Do not go lower. Um, mm-hmm. But then they're thinking, oh my gosh, I need all this work. And then it's going to add up to 3000 or 6000 And it just is out of their budget. And while they're happy with your work, they're really kind of, I, I, I almost wonder if maybe that minimum initial project for 200 pounds was too good of a teaser. Yeah, well, the thing, I sent you the correspondent with yeah. uh, my previous client, and you kind of understood that he loved what I did, yeah. and that he made his mind up, changed his mind about the direction, and he wanted another mini project, but 
the thing that I understood that is lacking is a in-depth research for him. So I kind of offered him to do that part and then bring the project because I thought he wanted that mini project in a ready collection to launch. Uh-huh. And that, that's what that's what I kind of like. I get what you mean that maybe they expect that with that they're gonna literally have a ready-made production piece. Right. And maybe I just didn't understood that that was their expect expectation because for me it's like a test. You know, just a test that I can do what they can see. Yeah, what does that project actually entail? Like, what do you deliver for, to them for that? Just, as I said, I just combine what they provide into nice-looking mood boards and group them, you know, like in a couple of groups. And then I do two design developments, so it's not a lot. And I do, like, create special, you know, if I don't have them in my library, I make kind of tech, you know, spec drawings for them so I match it to their branding. But it's not, like, a massive project. It's like something you would do when you apply for jobs and they just want to see a if you get project. the brand. Right. Yeah, like a test project where you spend maximum six hours working on it, seven hours max. Yeah. So, okay. So, but I'm putting my, so if I put myself in the shoes of a startup brand and I come to you and I'm like, okay, for 200 pounds, I can get, or 250, whatever, more or less the same thing, I could get. Um, you put together this nice mood board and then you draw a couple designs and you even do some technical specs for them, correct? Yeah, like very, very kind of simple. Minimal. Just if, yeah, yeah, if they decide to move on, I right. have a base to develop. Okay, and right. But it's, it's not like full-blown tech specs no, it's not to a factory. No, 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 right, no, right, no. Right. Okay. It's, it's just a little, you know, if I don't have it in my library, I need to spec it up. If I have it in my library, I just work on that base and create designs on it. Okay, gotcha. So, I mean, I think that from a startup's perspective, I might think and feel, um, okay, wow, look at I got two designs for 200 pounds, and now it's going to be 3,000 or 6,000 for you know these other options. What's the big difference between that initial mini project and then this full-blown project um, at, at the regular rate? And I, I might feel like, I think it could be hard for me, and I'm again, I'm just trying to like put myself in the shoes of the, the brand and, and mm-hmm. feel free to combat me on any of this. This is not a one-sided yeah. conversation here. Kick back. Yeah, no, no. Um, no, yeah. I might feel like, gosh, why do I need to spend so much more to get the next stage of the next two, three, four, five designs done when she just did two for 200 um, you know, and it could feel really hard for me to like justify or not even justify, but like fully understand the value yeah. in, um, a couple parts of the process. One, the value in doing more extensive market research. I think a lot of people, yeah. especially people who don't understand the industry. Um, and I don't know where these people come from, if they have a fashion background or not. Yeah. I imagine they're without they fashion background it's mostly like right. entrepreneurs who have this idea yes. and I worked with a couple of people like that before and it's, it was an amazing journey it was a good experience yeah. and that's how I started out yeah. but obviously then I was charging less because I was you know still trying to understand it I was learning while I was yeah. working for them yeah. but now I've done it twice three times and I come to these people with the same mindset and I offered them that yeah I can do this but with the mini project I want to make sure uh, like when I talk to them, I make them understand that that's just like 
5% of the whole job that takes to launch the collection. Okay. So before I take the mini project, I always have a bit of call with them, jump on a Zoom right. and just talk to them about my previous clients, show sometimes a couple of works that I can't show because a lot of them are launched now. And I make sure that they understand that's like a minimum requirement and they're just testing my skills. And maybe sometimes I don't pick up on that. When it comes to talking about the big project, I always explain to them that I have access uh, to, you know, resources, industry contacts, and, you know, this information is not just coming from my mind. Right. So if I do a research, if I go to a store and do an actual in-store research, actually, that takes time and my energy, you know. And if they would just do it, I, I said they can do it as well if they want, but I'm not sure they're going to understand what they're looking for. Right, right, right. So, yeah, that's what I kind of try to highlight then, that they are paying for the expertise. It's, but maybe that just gets lost in a conversation they, they just get too excited about the mini project and it they might yeah. yeah do you talk yeah. about the the pricing for a future project so that you can you know set before you sign on for the 200 pound project do you talk about what the future pricing might be the three or six thousand dollars not on the spot i do when i email them about um the mini project, I do say that, you know, I expect this to be made kind of like instantly, you know, full on up front because, you know, it's a small fee. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just like a test kind of thing. So I make, I make sure that they understand, you know, I make I lower the expectations in a way of what they're going to get. And then I surprise them that I get something a bit better. But then I am kind of like hinting that a full-on working with me project is in thousand pound kind of brackets. It's not in hundreds, so I do kind of you know let them know that this is like right, yeah. So it is like yeah. I try to maybe I should just communicate that better somehow. Well, and I'm also just kind of wondering um, who is it you or is it the brand that initiates the mini project and that first. 200 pound rate it's the brand that wants the mini project okay so they specifically what do they specifically ask for um so that if we talk about this specific example that i have in mind that i sent you as well the communication um um they were shopping around so they were interviewing a couple of freelancers that's what they asked for the mini project okay and I just kind of told them, yeah, I'm happy to do it, but there's going to be a fee uh, for that. So it wasn't like I pushed a mini project because if I can, I don't, I try not to do them really. Right. Okay. Um, I mean, I I think a little bit of my answer and I don't think you're going to love this is that maybe you just (laughs) had bad luck with these first two clients and you just got two in a row that kind of like, you know, (laughs) um, and I'm, so I'm just, I'm really trying to dig deeper into, um, because a lot of the things that you've done have sounded very smart and like, yes, that's how I would have advised you approached it. Um, so I'm, I'm digging to try to like understand and see if I can spot any red flags from the client side that like maybe you could be like, oh, no, you know what, that's not going to be. And the, and the one thing you just mm-hmm. said right here, and, and this could be the case or it could not be the case, but, you know, I think 
you said that that last brand was sort of shopping around with a couple different freelancers and having them do a bunch of test mini projects. That, um, I mean, I get it from a brand's perspective, but it also feels yeah. like a little bit of, it could be a possible, let's say, light red flag in just that, yeah. you know, they might just want to get some designs for a lower price and then try to push those through to production on their own without, you know, proper research without proper tech specs and tech packs and all that sort of thing. Um, now could that, could that a client like that still also turn into a great paying client in the long run? I think so. But, um, I wonder, um, and so these came from the, so the one you emailed me, the, the email correspondence that you had with this person, and I thought yeah. you handled it very well. So I read through everything because I was like, maybe there's something that, you know, you could have done differently in your correspondence with the yeah. client post-delivery post of the mini project. And I did not see anything that I was like, oh, you really messed up here. Like, you handled it well. You asked for feedback. It you, was very thought through. Like, yes, totally. email, I was like alerting my friends as well other freelancers like do you think this is the right way to go because I feel like it is you did and he sent me yeah and he sent me all the other freelancers work and for me it was like oh what he wants me my free opinion I was like that that I think that was a bit of red flag there as well red flag there yeah this guy just wants to get a bunch of um a bunch of designs for a really cheap price and then try to get some inside consultation from an industry expert as to like which ones he should go forward with and he's not he has no intention to pay the full price yeah and I was like my personal opinion feedback but it was very there was no feedback in it yeah because I said it to my friend and and she was like no like you're not supposed to give him any feedback just said interesting to see other work thanks for sharing yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. And that was like my work. And yeah, literally that little laugh afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> I was like very confused by that, but I think that should have been the red flag. And yeah, because then they'll, still the conversation continued. We jumped on a call to discuss the project and he announced that he changed their mind about it. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm happy, happy that, you know, this helped you understand something and learn something. And then I kind of felt that he is happy with my work and my, you know, skill set. And yeah, it's just kind of all went bit, yeah, ghosting when I started yeah. talking about prices. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's, yeah. he, I just, I can, I, I can tell that that was, it's just the kind of person that's going to do that. And those people exist. Those yeah. brands are out yeah, there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I just feel like there wasn't enough in the beginning and it just took like, I think a month to all that correspondence is across from, yeah, a month of my life. Yeah. So, yeah, it's quite long as well. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think you have a couple options. I think that this is this has happened few enough times that I and, – and now that we've kind of dissected your process to manage and land the projects and, you know, present the pricing options as well as, you know, I dug through the correspondence you had with this brand. I don't think you're doing anything wrong. Um, some ideas that I have, and this is something that you can take with a grain of salt and decide if this is the right Mm -hmm. approach for you, but some ideas are 
you know, don't work with the clients that want to do the mini projects and you say, you know what, my starting rate is, uh, this is what I can do for 900 or a thousand or like whatever the number is. Um, yeah. there's my portfolio. Like if the brand is a good match for you as a designer and, and I looked at your portfolio, it's strong. Um, I, I, uh, I know you had put in your, um, application that it's, this is like making you struggle with confidence and like question yourself as a designer, which is, yeah, totally. I mean, and that's fair. That's totally legit feeling. Um, and, and you know, that's really tough spot to be in. Um, and I looked at your portfolio, you are a great designer. You have, I mean, you have got great skills. And so what I think is that maybe, you are bending a little too much to land the project and that is just getting you these like cheap clients that don't have any intention of really committing and or don't have the budget to really commit. And so an idea is to just pass on those projects and to, you know, um, what's the word just filter that stuff out and and say you know what this is how, this is how my projects start I you know I'm yeah. maybe you can do a trial rate um which I don't know if you've gotten to that uh module or that video inside of fast but I've done a couple of them yeah, yeah. that's so that's a great option that I know has worked really well. And again, it can, it can sometimes not turn into something else after that. There, there, there's never a guarantee with anything. Right. Um, and so I think you could do that, but I, my gut says that you need to, if you bend a little bit less at the beginning, you'll filter these people out more and you'll just get the better clients. I also want to know, um, so you, you've had some stuff on Upwork and you've had people on DMs from Insta. How much yeah. have you done um, outreach to find brands as opposed to them coming to you? I have done a couple of outreach emails, but they just didn't went anywhere. And I feel like, because it happened in the same time with talking with these people, so my confidence just yeah. went down and I just thought, you know, I'm really just struggling with that that I just don't feel like I'm good enough as a designer sometimes when I come across these projects that I'm very passionate about, but I can't lend them because maybe not because of myself, to be honest. I think I just, yeah, try to dip in and out and like reaching out to people mostly uh, kind of look on LinkedIn as well for a lot of like owners of small businesses and try and reach out to them. But recently I've been thinking about maybe, you know, I started out working for startups and entrepreneurs without any knowledge maybe it would be good to pitch to some bigger businesses, but then I don't know if I have enough experience to kind of go and say, oh, hello, you know, I'm Anna, I'm amazing, do you want to hire me? Yeah, well, first of all, <laughs> yeah. that's, not, that's not what the pitch should say. Yeah, um, no, no, You no. know that, okay. Yeah, yeah, I just, I had to point that out real quick. But um, I think that it's worth exploring. I think there's also, you know, the medium to small size brands. Like, it's not a one or two person startup that's like, oh, I just have this idea and I want to get it executed and I've got like a thousand dollar budget total, which there's a lot of people out there that are, that are that person. And, and that's a lot of the work that we do see on Upwork. Now there is a lot of amazing work on Upwork. A lot of our, our freelance accelerator students are getting these, you know, 1,000, 3,000, $5,000 projects on Upwork. Um, those projects do exist 
Um, but there's a lot of, you know, these, oh, can you do this for 200 And then they just ghost because they don't have any money or they were just trying to get something. Like you said, just going to keep asking you for your opinion and trying to get a bunch of advice for free. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like that's a bit of a struggle because I've been going for, like, these entrepreneurial people because that's what I've been working for and I feel yeah. safe as there. But then I kind of I understand their limitations I understand sure. you know that it doesn't re- lead to a repeating project most of the times because it takes a while for them to launch and then yeah. you know it could be like two to three years until I hear back from them after we're done working with them yeah. so maybe it's just something that I could reconsider yeah and I do think that there is opportunity in that really small startup space for sure yeah um and, and there can be opportunity in big brands. I think that that's actually the toughest bracket to break into. You know, maybe you want to look at, um, and it's hard to tell, but I think you could do a lot of this through research on Instagram using hashtags. I don't know if you've watched that training inside of Fast. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and so I think that that could maybe be an interesting sweet spot for you. Um, now, here's the thing with pitching. You said you've sent out a couple um, yeah. it, it does take more than a couple. I have to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I'm just so like, they so really stress me out. So yeah. I'm dyslexic. So writing them takes a village. <laughs> okay. Um, then you know what? I mean, listen, I don't want you to like, feel like this is so laborious and stressful and painful. And a lot no, of people, I know. it's yeah. just in my mind. It's in no, my mind. no. And that's yeah. fair. And that's totally fair. Um, yeah. a lot of people, do lean on Upwork a little bit more heavily because you eliminate that like cold pitch outreach, which can feel really challenging for a lot of people. So I don't think there's anything wrong with Upwork. And I think that you still have a lot of potential there. I think it, as I said, it might just be a matter of, um, you being a little bit less flexible on what the initial terms are not to the detriment of the client, but so that you can, so that it acts as a filter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, if you are feeling like, you know, maybe after this call um, in the next few weeks or feeling like you can, you've got a new sort of resurgence of confidence to do some more cold pitching, um, and that could be directly on Instagram via DM. Um, you know, we do have students see great success with that or on LinkedIn or email, however you want to do it. Um, and just kind of initiating some conversations with some other brands. Um, I mean, you're, you're very talented and I think there's a lot of potential for you. I think you just got, unfortunately, a couple bad apples in a row and, just happens. It does just happen, <laughs> right? And it and yeah. then unfortunately it puts a dent in like your emotional status, which you know can be a domino for like everything else. Because if you're not feeling good internally, then it's really hard yeah. to do any of these things. And to and yeah, and I agree. when you do do them, the decreased confidence, the challenge, the struggle, like it comes across in little ways. Like people can just kind of sense it. Yeah, I know what you mean. It needs to be like in a good mindset to come in confidently. Because then when I, you know, think about even pitching, because I've done the research, you know, I called up and I talked to a lot of people from big brands like Victoria Beckham Beckham to ASOS about what they're looking for, what they're lacking in their business. So I've done that horrible work that was uh, <laughs> scaring me off. You know, I think it took me like, 
yeah, it took me like a couple of like a month or so to actually jump on these calls. But then when I started, it was like a burst of energy after the each call. Oh, and I good. Thought I'm I so glad. Really yeah. yeah. And I talked I talk to like kind of big variety, not just like the small startups. Okay. I talked to like bigger brands as well. And just a lot of people on LinkedIn were super open, you know, jumping on, giving some advice on where to go forward. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I was happy about that. But then I feel like, yeah, after I got these clients and these kind of mini projects, I got very hopeful and then it didn't lie anywhere. Obviously, it just felt like that's my fault. I did something wrong. Yeah, I don't think you, I really don't think you did any wrong, anything wrong. Um, here's what I'll say, though. You did all of that research and you talked to all those brands. What would be your interest level in following up with them now and, and doing like a really soft, warm pitch to them? Um, since you have contacts, uh, you've talked to at least somebody, I mean, and, and it could be, you know, I, I say big brands are really hard to land, but if you've already got an yeah. in and you've got a contact, then I think it could be worth, and it would be very easy. Um, you know, you just follow up and say, Hey, you know, thanks so much for the chat a few weeks back or however long ago it was. Um, I, you know, you could offer some piece of value, like, oh my gosh, I was, I was, um, digging through this trend report and I saw this and this, and it really made me think mm-hmm. of, you know, you and what you're doing at Victoria Beckham or whatever the brand is, right? Like make it really personalized for them and give them a little bit yeah. of value and then just close with like a really, really soft, um, CTA, a call to action of like, you know, I wanted to reach out and let you know that I, I've kickstarted some freelancing and I'm I'm working with brands like yours to do A, B, and C, you know, design to development, tech, whatever it is, like just one little short sentence. Um, would you guys need yeah. help with that? I think that that, you know, you already have a warm lead there. Maybe not a warm lead, but you have a warm contact. How would that feel yeah. to you? I feel like maybe the brands I talk to where not the right ones really because okay. a lot of feedback I got from them they don't work with freelancers especially uh, I talked to ASOS as well and yeah. they were like no 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 we, they can't pick it up it's not it's not investment for us yeah. so How maybe that's how you get a call at, at ASOS and Victoria Beckham just uh, on LinkedIn people are open to okay. have a chat with some people who are just looking for a job or breaking into industry just like anyone someone introduced me and I was like oh jump on call with this person okay. and I was like oh, okay so they were like they were like half irrelevant but then when I talked to them I understood that you know they just gave me a good insight of what's happening in the industry wide you know industry wise sure and then so, what about any of the smaller brands that you talked to? Because I, I think you said you talked to a variety of brands. Yeah, I talked to smaller brands, but that's what I kind of understood, that the smaller brands don't need the exact service that I kind of offer. So it's more like the startup brands. But then it's like a middle, because they, they would like to, but they don't have that. They were honest, they can't hire anyone. They would hire an assistant at the moment if they could afford to, but they're doing everything themselves. At the and smaller like, brands? Yeah, it was like kind of... Yeah, the mid it was like a brand that's launched a year ago. Okay. Kind of that I talked to a couple of people that I knew who owned them. So they were like they're like my peers from university that I knew. So I just kind of like we have a brand. I was like, okay, let's jump on a call. You know, it was it was a bit more easier to jump on a call with them because sure. we have a personal relationship. Sure. But yeah, that's what they honestly said to me that if they would hire someone, it would be either yeah seamstress or an assistant. And then I was kind of like understood that it's either like people who haven't launched yet or people who have, you know, three years, four years in the business who are still small brands, right. but they have some capital to work with. 
Right, but it also sounds maybe that like the people that you talk to, like you said, someone who launched a year ago and you had a personal connection with them, that they have a fashion background. Yeah, they have so a fashion background. they're capable of doing a lot of the things themselves. Yeah, that was that as well. Like, a, yeah, that was a well a lot of people that I talked to. They are fashion graduates, so. Right. So, I mean, I, I, I don't want to like, make you feel that it's like finding a needle in a haystack, but like, um, you know, okay. So the big brands, Victoria Beckham, ASOS, okay. They're not working with freelancers. Totally fair. I would actually have expected that. Um, and, and that's why the big brands can often be like the absolute hardest. Then the other group of people you talk to sound like they have the fashion background and they're a year in and they are capable of DIYing most of the stuff. And like you said, if, if they do need someone as a seamstress or an assistant to do yeah. admin work. Um, but there are still so many other brands out there that like, like you said, either they are a startup and they do actually have some funding because a lot of them actually do. Many of them don't, but there are that, that do have it, whether it's self-funded or crowdfunded or however they figured it out. Um, or the brand that's maybe one, two, three, four years in and, Maybe they did or didn't go to fashion school. I don't know if it really matters. I, I think it could or couldn't matter in, in various situations. Yeah, it's very... It just is varied yeah. because maybe they just don't have the time because they're working on promoting and selling and marketing and they've actually found like a strength and a passion in that or they feel some type of control over that because they're like, I have to be the one out there on the streets actually selling this. And they are, even if they have some background in, in the industry and they're capable of doing this stuff, they might just not have the time, right? Um, yeah. So, you know, it can be a little bit of like, um, I, I don't want to say luck, but like, you know, from the outside, you're never going to be able to tell oh, yeah. what they are, right? And what they may or may exactly. not need. Um, and so I feel like, you know, maybe with the research calls, like you hit some of the big brands, which I think is great. Like you did a variety of research to figure that out. And then you talked to people that you knew that had industry background. And so they didn't really need freelance support either because they're capable of DIYing it. Um, yeah, they're very, they were like, they said they were looking maybe for fabric outsourcing or for like stuff like that. Yeah. And that said, I said, well, yeah, I'm happy if you ever need anything, you know, because yeah. we were like kind of good friends, to be honest. I was like, yeah. you know, you know where I am, you yeah. know, just drop me a DM. Yeah. So I was like just keeping, but then they were like obviously passing me on to other people. Oh, maybe talk to this person, talk to this person. Yeah. So it was kind of good. Yeah, that is great. And I'm, I'm really, um, I applaud you for going through that process because I know it's not always easy to do that research phase. Oh, no. Yeah. But it sounds like it was insightful for you. Um, it was, definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like with the research phase and then not finding any brands that, that were genuinely like we're in a position to hire freelancers or we even do hire freelancers, um, and then you've got these two initial clients that kind of like, and then ghosted yeah. you. I feel like you just kind of had a string of like, um, and you know, this is, and we do these strategy calls because, right. Cause I want to dig in and see like, okay, is there anything where you could make an adjustment that would change your outcome? And I'm yeah. not really seeing that in anything major. Um, and I, I do feel like your experience is a little bit atypical and, and that's why I'm feeling like, I just think you just got stuck in this like rut of bad luck with these brands. So, you know, what do you think 
could, what would be the best thing to give you a really big boost of confidence so that tomorrow you could wake up and you could say, <laughs> I'm feeling revived and I know I can do this and I'm going to keep looking on Upwork and I'll keep talking to people on Instagram, but I'm also going to um, send out some pitches and, and see what I can do to start taking control of my own hands to generate some conversations what would what could we do on this call to get you there I don't even really know I feel like it's just up to me yeah (laughs) just I need to send out those pictures finally and just whatever comes out whatever happens happens just need to go back to my list that I made of brands that I like and I feel like for me what I need is to get that client and that project and passion about doing that because that's what would motivate me to get more of that because that's when you feel most happiest when you do what you love yeah and I feel like that's I just it's just mostly up to me to get out and spend the day writing these pictures even you know what happens happens send them out there yeah and I know that it's hard to like motivate yourself or feel the confidence to do that when you're like actually the thing that's going to give me the confidence is like has to come later but maybe you know has to come after you have to get that client um, I mean, is, is the drive to get that client, do you feel like you could, and I don't know, I know it's late, it's 940 here in, in Colorado, <laughs> it's much later for you. I don't know how much time you have left to work in the day or energy. I don't think a lot. Um, but you yeah. know, tomorrow or, or maybe next week, you know, would, do you think that that, um, and, and some reassurance from me that you're not doing anything wrong, that you just, I think that really helps because I really thought yeah. I was doing something wrong, but then I, you know, I was so careful with crafting every word that I yeah. said and making and sure did. that I'm, I was really excited about both projects that I get approached for. And yeah, I just, I think that really helps that, you know, it's just a bit of bad luck to be honest. And I really think that it is. Yeah. And honestly, you know, like I said, I looked at your portfolio. It's very strong. You are a good designer. Um, you are very capable of doing this. Um, like you said, even you got good feedback from those clients. Like maybe that's something to take away too, is that you got positive feedback. Um, yeah. and that it's really the, 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 problem really lies on their side, whether it's that they just aren't serious enough, which is sometimes the case, you know, they're just kind of playing around or they just don't have the funding. Um, and, and I think that these experiences, although they didn't pan out how you wanted them to, they're still amazing learning opportunities. And, you know, I think that you've learned maybe different questions to ask when you're filtering the project or oh yes you know my form so many times yeah right and then different um maybe different ways to go about that initial project and just say you know um because here's the thing too I think that not I think I know that a lot of times when you as the freelancer stand up a little bit taller and a little bit stronger. Like there's a balance, right, between Mm -hmm. being really um, rigid towards the client and and there's a balance between maybe being too flexible. I think there's this happy medium where you standing up and saying, you know, I'd love to work on a project with you. Like this is how I, I, my services are structured. Mm -hmm. And even if your price is higher, than some of the other freelancers they are air quotes trying out 
Um, there's something attractive about that from a client's perspective because there's, um, and I talk about this a lot inside of fast, but there's perceived value to a price. So when Uh you see something, you know, when you see a jacket at forever 21 or Zara for like $12, you're like, Okay, yeah, it's cute, and it's kind of, like, it's not that great. Yeah. Like, it's not well-made. The fabric's not yeah. good. It pro- the fit's probably meh. Versus, <laughs> yeah. right, the perceived value of a jacket at, like, um, like a Chanel jacket or something. I know those are, like, extreme, extreme op- variations. Yeah. But, um, but there is a perception, and there's so much psychology behind pricing, and there's a perception to the value of what, they're actually going to get. Now, if they're not a serious brand, if they are just kind of dabbling their foot in the water or they just don't have the budget and they're just trying to squeeze every last drop out of it, then you're going to filter them out right away. But if they are serious, then they're going to look at you, even if your price is a little bit higher or you're like, you know what, I won't do that minimum project for 200. And obviously you use your words very carefully of how you say this. Um, They're going to look at you and they're going to be like, you know what? I think that she can actually do the best job and and it, it just presents you with a lot more confidence and a little bit more sort of authority. Um, I don't mean yeah. that in like a, a word to make you feel intimidated. Like, oh, I'm not an author- uh, authoritarian, but... No, no, I get what you mean. Just like kind of... Yeah. Yeah, just... Yeah, I get what you mean. It's not like, author- you know, you're not like in a bad way. Yeah. But just more confident in a way yeah. that if I don't have time, I'm just... You don't have time to do the mini project because I can be looking for new clients even exactly. if I don't have... 105 clients and actually interesting or not I have a client like a brief call onboarding call possible one next week so I'm just thinking of yes this was to Upwork Uh, she invited me to an interview I didn't pitch or anything Uh, but they want me to sign NDA before but you know because I haven't seen anything I can't even know if I can't commit to the call because maybe she brings out bridal wear and we're just both there I was like Oh, this is very interesting. Yeah. I can't not help you on this at all. Well, she so saw your portfolio and she asked you for an interview. So yeah. I would imagine that there's some type of connection. Yeah, hopefully. But I think as well with that project, I was kind of thinking, oh, should I offer the mini project or should I not? But I think maybe this time I should just trial it out and see. I think she you shouldn't. tell it from yeah. my portfolio that yeah. I'm the right person that you know, we're just not the right people to work together and that's fine with me and I will move on and the next people that I approach and I pitch to myself, you know, they're going to be the right ones because I'm going to choose them and do it other way around because I feel like, yeah, you know, I need to take back that power, as you said, as a freelancer that I choose to work with you because your brand inspires me and not like, you know, I choose to work with you because you pay me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just these two check boxes. It's all I'm asking for is that you inspire me and you're fun and you're a good client and that you pay me. Just two things. It's really not that much. (laughs) Yeah. It's not that much to be honest. Yeah. Um, Anna, your head, I I can just feel like just from the couple last sentences that you've even said, I think your head is starting to get into a little bit of a better place. And um, you've got this call next week. So, you know, here's the good thing about this is that you've gotten some projects and you're learning and you might still get some that ghost you and do not beat yourself up over that. Like know that every, they always say like, you know, it's so cliche, but like when you're succeeding, you're not learning. 
right? Yeah, and when you're failing, that, you're that. learning so much. And I know that that can feel really challenging and you're nowhere near failing, but, um, but the good news is that you do seem to have ongoing inquiries coming in that you're able to use as learning opportunities. And maybe, you know, sometimes I think with these initial projects, it's a little bit, you know, and and it's hard for me to fully get in your shoes because I never really worked with startups. It was not my, um, it was just not something that was really attractive to me. Although a lot of fast students work with startups and are very successful. Um, But I think there's a learning curve for you to kind of figure out, you know, what works first for this first project to the point where it's a good balance to get them on board, but then mm-hmm. also filter out the ones that are just going to jerk you around. Yeah, I feel it's a like an experiment. It is a bit of an experiment. I think that all freelancing is just a learning curve. For sure. Because I started freelancing straight out of university. Oh, okay. And it just happened while I was looking for a job. You know, I was applying for roles and I just somehow accidentally started freelancing. Oh, okay. And then I thought, oh, you know, the pandemic happened and I was kind of like, oh, interesting. I'm going to continue freelancing because yeah. all the job opportunities and offers that I had just went away. Yeah. And since then, I was kind of like, you know, trying to navigate this without any training, any guiding. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think I think I watched, uh, like, obviously, YouTube videos for a couple of years because that's what got me through university. My first tech book was thanks to, thanks to you. Oh, that's amazing. Like, <laughs> I'm so happy to have helped. <laughs> like, honestly, I was like, I had good teachers, but they weren't, it was more like a fashion, fashion school. Okay. Um, but, yeah, but in general, I think that's all just, yeah, I just need to understand I'm still learning. And until I get to this point, because I hear, I listen to your podcast and I hear other people talking about this success story, so I'm just like, wow like wow but I think it's good to hear that you know there is a little bit as well that went into it before they got to that point there always is yeah yeah and I feel like that's just what you need to remind yourself as a freelancer every day because you know you're not failing you're learning and you know as you said if it just would go like smoothly you would get a client after client you know you would just get at this point where you wouldn't know how to get a client when they all gone yeah and And I feel like yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I just feel like that's what you need. <laughs> that is what you need. And so I think that right now where you are, you're in that like stage that a lot of people don't ever see, right? Mm-hmm. That yeah, no before, one the su- before like the air quotes success comes, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. in that like you're in the iceberg that's all under the water. <laughs> oh, or definitely. like the um, someone said to me the other day, which is a great one too, it's like, you see the duck gliding along the water, which you don't see is like the legs kicking underneath. Like you're right now in like the kicking stage. The little ducky legs. Yeah. Um, But, you know, you are learning and you are growing and you are getting opportunities and they're just, they're learning opportunities. And some are going to go great and some are going to go not so great. Um, (laughs) So... I think, you know, I wish I could give you some more tangible advice, but I think you just keep moving forward and keep doing it and, um, you know, reach out in the, in the peer chat group inside of the program. And, you know, there's a ton of people yeah. who I'm sure can always provide just some, a little confidence boost if you feel like you're kind of like struggling again, because you're not the only one yeah. going through this. Everyone's going through it at some point or another. Yeah, I feel like I connected with a lot of uh, freelancers as well from the chat on LinkedIn. Oh, great. And there's always, like, so we kind of keep in touch and check in. If we see something, Good. I remember, or oh, someone that's underwear, I try and pinch yeah. them that way. Yeah. So, yeah, but that's 
amazing. But I feel like that's kind of, I kind of just like need it to someone to look at what I've been doing, like you to look at my emails and be like, yeah, it's not really you. Cause I was really feeling like it's me. I'm doing it's something hard. very wrong. But then like, you know, I rewatched a couple of videos before as well, like talking to clients or from fast and stuff like that. And I was like, no, I'm kind of, I am following that. I'm bringing yeah. some value. I'm like, totally. You know, if I, don't, if I can't come up with a reason why to follow up, I actually look for something related to Good. the brand where they were looking into yeah. like, it's like hi just you know found this or sometimes it just finds me on instagram i just see something a screenshot and it's like oh i just found this brand it looks like a lot where we were talking about in the conversation yeah you know this is how i see your brand you know to make sure i you know i kind of keep i always like you know we always think about work even when you're not working yeah. <laughs> accidentally so I always make sure i have like a bit of ideas you know from working with like a loungewear brand i kind of see oh this is like an upcoming small brand that yeah. they can kind of reference to. And like, oh, this is what I see your brand could be a competitor to, for example. Yeah. You're doing all the right things. You really are. So no, thanks. It's needed to, for me to hear this, to Yeah, and sometimes you do, right? You just need some affirm, yeah. or affirmation, confirmation, however you – I'm not sure what the right word is. But, um, <laughs> right, you need someone to kind of be like, I just need like a second gut check on this. Like, Yeah, what? just like yeah. second pair of eyes because you could ask it, you know – my friends are not specifically fashion freelancers, my yeah. closest friends, but we are in the same industry. Yeah. But then they have no idea what goes into, you know, pitching to the a freelancing client. side of things. Yeah. Right? They know they understand the design world, but not yeah. Yeah, they're more like in PR and social media management. Oh, okay, not even in design, but just in. But it's for fashion brands, yeah. Okay, so gotcha. it's like, gotcha. yeah, but you know, they're very good advice that we give each other a lot of times. But then, yeah, yeah sometimes you just need to talk to others. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we were able to jump on this call and I could just give you that confirmation that you are doing things right. Um, Thank you. Keep going and and you are succeeding. I mean, I know maybe it doesn't fully feel like that, but you are. You're getting clients and you're learning and that is like, even though it might yeah. feel like a flop, that's really the, the best thing that you can be doing right now. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, just, no. I'll end on one thing because I, I know I see this inside of Fast and I'm sure you've heard me say it a hundred times because I know you've rewatched some of the videos. Um, your first few clients are not about earning. They are about learning. Yeah. You really uh, want to optimize for learning at the beginning. Um, now do you bend over backwards and do something for like $2 an hour? Hells no, you do not do that. Not really. But no, 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 yeah. no, no. And you know, I'm very adamant against working for free or anything Oh like no, that. I love that. Yeah. yeah. But, I think that um, taught me to say no to these collaboration projects. Yeah. And like <laughs> collaborations and like, oh, we'll post it on Instagram and you'll get exposed to all yeah. our followers. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. I'm done. Um, yeah. So, of course, you want to get paid something that is reasonable and is a win-win for both you and the brand. But it really is to optimize about learning. And I'm not saying that you're here trying to earn a million dollars. I understand that you do want to just keep getting these ongoing projects and, and for it to build to the yeah. next thing and for this to feel like it's a trial and then all of a sudden it got cut off and you're, or a mini project. And then it's like, wait, did I do something wrong? And it's not. I think it's just the brands. So you're learning. Mm -hmm. yeah. This is great priceless experience in – a few months in a year, you're going to look back and be like, I'm so glad I went through all of that trudge. <laughs> oh, now I really hope so, but I you think will. I will. You will. <laughs> yeah. um, amazing, Anna. I'm really glad we got the opportunity to jump on this strategy session. And, and um, I feel like we've gotten you fairly unstuck to keep moving along. And 
Um, yeah, keep keep, keep kicking butt. Let me know how your call next week goes with this prospective client and what you decide to sort of pitch and, and how that lands. And um, it may or yeah. may not work out, but it'll be another learning opportunity as well. No, and definitely I will send out more pitch emails on my own. I think I'm ready. Yeah. I need to go for it. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think yeah. is your immediate action in the next week? I think just go through and get like list of 30 brands to reach out and then see if I can reach out to 10 of them because okay. obviously I want to make the email as personal as is possible yeah. I, I want to include would be a lot in one week but yeah yeah 30 and then kind of go down and see because this is kind of like a bit of time when everything's planned out for a lot of brands and they'll launch a lot of things but maybe they're working on something new yeah. just kind of like have a look at 30 and maybe split them 50 that are just starting out on 50 that look like maybe tried a bit bigger businesses in my mind. Sure. Kind of give it a try, see yeah. see if they have anything because I never tried that. Maybe that would be a new experience for me because I think, as I said, I worked with only business. There's nothing there yet. Yeah. Maybe I can bring more to a business that has something there already Yeah. as well at the yeah. same time. And I just never thought of that. And it'd just be a learning yeah. opportunity for you as well. So I think it's a great, yeah, exactly. I think it's a great idea. Um, I love that. Well, this is fantastic. And, um, are you in the, the peer chat group? Yes, I'm, I'm on it. I'm on it. Okay. Wonderful. If you would, um, just take a few minutes after this call, either this afternoon, I know it's probably getting a little bit later first thing tomorrow morning and just go share kind of where you are at and, and what we discussed on the strategy call and and what your plan is going forward. It's really, really helpful for other students to kind of get a glimpse into, you know, where you're at right now and and get some insights onto, um, what you're planning to do going forward and and whatever insights you had from the call. And so that gives other people an opportunity to learn a little bit from you and maybe spark some fun conversations. Yeah, no, I definitely do that. I did saw someone doing that last week and I think that was such a gold. I was like, Oh, I didn't thought of that, but I was like, it wasn't really my problem, but I thought, Oh, and it was very good. Yeah, yeah. So probably tomorrow morning. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. When you have a little bit of a fresh mind. And and so that's why yeah. I love these calls because as much as these get aired on the podcast for other people to listen to and, is, and they get shared inside of the freelance accelerator program, I think it's yeah. really valuable for you as the student to go in and, and share what your perspective was. And, you know, cause you might have different things to share than what we, what actually might come across in our conversation. So I appreciate yeah, you doing that. No, yeah, I will do that. Awesome. Well, thank you, Anna. You're doing amazing. Keep going. And um, yeah, keep us updated. We always love hearing about how things are going for you. Yeah, well, definitely. Well, thanks. Have a great rest of your day. I know it's still morning for you. (laughs) (laughs) You too. Get some rest. And um, tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. Thank you, Heidi. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Successful Fashion freelancer podcast and this strategy session with Anna. I really hope you got some great insights from this and it gave you a little bit of a boost of confidence if you're experiencing any of the same things that Anna is experiencing. Um, There are growing pains to a freelance career, just like there's growing pains in anything. You know, it's funny because I think that we can often, you know, just look at like freelancing or like hear this story of like, oh, I'm kind of struggling. It's going really hard. Well, guess what? That's the reality with anything in fashion starting your own brand, finding and landing your dream job, growing uh, growing in that job and moving up the ladder. 
that is all really hard stuff. And like we talked about in the conversation, it's all the iceberg under the water that you don't see. And, and so I love airing these strategy sessions because this conversation with Anna is a really good glimpse into some of the hard work that goes into growing and building a freelance career. I'm not here to tell you that it can happen tomorrow, it can happen overnight. There's always groundwork to be laid for anything great in life, in fashion and in life, right? It takes effort, it takes work. A lot of times we don't see that. So I hope that these strategy sessions with my Freelance Accelerator students give you a little glimpse into the work that goes into it and and maybe can help you decide if this is or isn't for you uh, because freelancing is not for everybody. So that being said, I'm so glad to have you here listening. I hope you're having a fantastic day, whatever it is that you're doing. Thank you for taking the time to tune in and join me here on the podcast. If you like what you hear, make sure that you subscribe inside of Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And I also want to give a big shout out to my husband, Mark, who does all the tech and editing behind the scenes and make sure the show sounds good, as well as my right hand, amazing, amazing kick-ass of everything, extension of my being, like literally half of the business, Tara, who does so much to make this show happen and to make the business run. So thank you, Tara. You are amazing. Um, Let's see. One last thing, as always, if you guys haven't yet checked out my free resources on freelancing, it's over at SoHeidi.com slash freelance. You can go there and I will send you all of my best free resources to kickstart and grow your freelance career. Um, We'll also keep you in the loop on all the free events that we hold throughout the year and the different trainings that we hold. as well as let you know when freelancer freelancer uh, bah, I know the name of my program freelance accelerator opens it only opens a couple times a year and being on the email list is the best way to find out about that as well as take advantage of all of our free resources so so heidi.com/freelance you can check that out in the show notes and until then I will see you in the next episode of the successful fashion freelancer podcast thanks for being here bye